In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. David prevailed over the Philistine with sling and stone in the name of the Lord. The words I'm quoting for you here do not come from today's Mass, but they do come from today's Sunday. In today's Mass, we hear in the Gospel of the calling of the Prince of the Apostles, St. Peter. The Church wishes to juxtapose this with another great prince who was called in the Old Testament to recall for us the calling of young David to battle. It was David who was too young to wear the full armor of a grown man, went to battle against the mighty Goliath with nothing but his sling and five smooth stones which he drew from the torrent in the way. And it was thus that young David, that great king to come, triumphed over Israel's greatest adversary. It is of these two figures that I wish to speak, and I wish Peter and David to be very much in mind as I speak to you on this Father's Day. A few days ago, 60 children wrote a letter to their fathers. These 60 children happened to be members of the U.S. House of Representatives, all members of the same party, the historical party of slavery, segregation, child murder, and unspeakable vice. In this letter, they said to their fathers, we solemnly urge you not to move forward and deny this most holy of all sacraments, the source and summit of the whole work of the gospel over one issue. The sacrament of Holy Communion is central to the life of practicing Catholics and the weaponization of the Eucharist to democratic lawmakers for their support of a woman's safe and legal access to abortion is contradictory. They go on to point out no elected officials have been threatened with being denied the Eucharist as they support and have supported policies contrary to church teachings, including supporting the death penalty, separating migrant children from their parents, denying asylum to those seeking safety in the United States, limiting assistance for the hungry and food insecure, and denying rights and dignity to immigrants. Let us be clear, despite headlines to the contrary, the bishops of the United States are not voting on whether to deny Holy Communion to pro-abortion politicians. They are voting on whether now is an opportune time to remind everyone of the unchanging and unchangeable teaching of the Church. On that point, 
No discussion is necessary or even possible. Such persons are already barred from Holy Communion, along with all unrepentant, grave public sinners. It is not about one issue. Holy Communion must be denied to all public sinners who persist in their sin, including all politicians who promote abortion, contraception, especially forcing the Church to fund contraception, and the legal recognition of unnatural vice in the form of false marriage. This is not directed at a particular political party. Both major parties have prominent members who, though baptized Catholic, are in open opposition to church teaching in their political activity. Why then, as these public officials ask, why not deny communion to politicians who support the death penalty? Simple. The Church does not and has never taught that the death penalty is wrong. It was ordained by God in the sacred scriptures and has been practiced by every Catholic state in history. By all means, a Catholic may beg for clemency for a certain criminal condemned to death, oppose the death penalty for certain crimes, or even campaign against it on prudential grounds. But no Catholic has the right to say that capital punishment is intrinsically wrong, as abortion or false marriage is. What about politicians who are, quote, anti-immigration? Patently absurd. Who would even dare to suggest that it's against Catholic teaching for a nation to police its borders, and that all immigrants must enter by legal means? And as for limiting or opposing certain government programs of money for the poor or full government benefits to illegal immigrants, to bring this up as a counter-argument is tantamount to declaring that you cannot receive Holy Communion unless you openly support socialism. Nevertheless, 60 American bishops seem to agree with their counterparts in the political sphere. For they petitioned the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops to delay indefinitely any discussion of this matter. Discussion of a matter that allows no discussion, only continual reaffirmation. No, once again, better to play it safe. We don't know what motivates these fathers of ours. A false notion of mercy, fear of persecution, loss of tax-exempt status, a desire perhaps not to offend high-level members of their preferred political party. We cannot read their hearts, but we may well ask, where are the real fathers? They are here, frail men, all of them. And my children, on this Father's Day, we must pray for them. For they are frail men, just like in the Garden of Eden, just like in the Garden of Olives. 
Some betray our Lord. Others deny him. Many others don't openly deny him, but cower and flee under pressure. And only a very few stand firm and follow him all the way to Calvary. As our Lord promised, all of you will be scandalized in me this night. The measure of a father's strength is to be found in the time he spends on his knees. On his knees, he obtains the strength he needs from his creator to carry out his duties. On his knees, he gives example of true humility to his wife and children and leads them to Christ. On his knees, he obtains for them precious graces without which all the words he uses to teach them and lead them will fall on deaf ears. If this is true of natural fathers, how much more does it apply to spiritual fathers? Bishop and priest should be concerned, first and foremost, with the solemn celebration of the sacred liturgy and the worthy administration of the sacraments. This is the ultimate reason for denying Holy Communion to public sinners including the most prominent public officials of our land. The Church is not singling these people out. Quite the contrary. A true father says to them, My son, my daughter, president or house speaker though you may be, you are no different from any other banished children of Eve. You openly promote the murder of children and the ghastly, ghastly traffic in their body parts for medical research. You openly promote unspeakable immorality in the public square and fly your prideful and blasphemous rainbow flag in defiance of God. You openly work to overturn the covenant of Eden and abolish true marriage as the irreplaceable foundation of society. You can use your great earthly power to persecute your mother, the Church. You can tax her into financial destitution, but you will never get your hands on those sacred coins in the tabernacle. Renounce your wicked policies and get in line for confession like the rest of us. We do not know how many of our spiritual fathers or at this very moment struck with compunction of heart, and like Peter, are tempted to say, Depart from me, O Lord, for I am a sinful man. We know that Peter, in the time he spent with our Lord in his public ministry, matured in his thoughts, so that eventually his prayer was, Take away my sin, O Lord, and make me a real man. We know our Lord's response to him, fear not. You shall be a fisher of men. Yes, all of you, my apostles, my priests, you shall all be fishers of men, not misers of mammon, not servants of safety. Let the Goliaths of this world come in the name of safety, comfort, and niceness. True fathers come like David of old, forerunner of Christ, frail and weak in the eyes of worldly giants, armed only with sling and stones, the cross and the instruments of the passions. 
and five stones. The five wounds of Christ drawn from the torrent of his most bitter sufferings. The the stone chosen for the sling is that stone rejected by the builders of earthly empire. But it will be firmly planted in the skull of the giant, the mountain of Calvary. This is the only cornerstone upon which true fatherhood can rest. Today, to be a man is to be a martyr. To be a father is to follow our master into his passion. Truly, the sufferings of this time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Revealed at the end of time in the church triumphant, yes, but revealed already here and now in the church militant as well. The church at this moment knows her passion, but soon she will know her resurrection and her Pentecost. The sacred liturgy, the mass of all ages, will regain its rightful place in churches throughout the world. Peter will convert and confirm his brethren. The bishops and priests, united in their reverent celebration of the sacred mysteries of Christ, will go joyfully to the martyrdom that surely awaits them, standing by their flocks and protesting in front of abortion clinics and state capitals, as some already do, loudly proclaiming the truth which alone can bring salvation. And whether it is before or after this time of terrible martyrdom, we know that one day all these fathers, all these bishops of the world will unite under Peter in consecrating Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, thus bringing an end to this time of darkness and ushering in that period of peace promised by our Blessed Mother. Then when we see the rainbow, we shall think only humility, remembering that the just God who promised never again to punish the world by flood will one day judge this wicked world by fire. That, my children, is the Father's Day we're all waiting for. St. Joseph, bring that day, and bring it soon. Amen.